Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. Brain Drain. One Shipmock Conk. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics. How are you? Hope for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 218. I don't think you're a brain drain, buddy. He's my favorite, though. He's 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 a, a, a nice high point, for sure. I like brain drain a lot. I'd say he's more interesting than Chipmunk Hunk. Yeah, Chipmunk Hunk doesn't have a lot of depth to him. No, he doesn't have a lot of anything. I mean, he talks to chipmunks. Yeah. I mean, does he? Yeah. There's not really a whole lot of that happening. He does. He can do that. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like... I'm going to say, I feel like it happens almost all off panel, right? I think you see it once or twice, at least on panel. I don't remember any specific things happening. I mean, it's Maybe just like... just a bad record. I mean, there's a... We'll get to it. There's a lot. We'll get to there's it. There's a lot happening. Uh, a lot of squirrels and girls. A lot of squirrels and girls. We are discussing the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volumes 1 through 5 by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Later on in their book club, we'll be discussing Chipmunk Conk and, and squirrels and girls and brain drains and other things that rhyme. Mm-hmm. Some things that don't rhyme as Koi well. Koi boys. Koi boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's later on because we have comic books that came out actually this very week. We're reverting back. Revert back to our, I think I'm going to keep the segment name the same, but it is. This is the comic books that came out this week. Be clear. Mm. <laughs> it still works. It does. Uh, we can start the show our first segment. It's time for Floppy's Fortnightly. Floppy's Fortnightly is where Eric and I will discuss some comic books, review them, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there is a mush meter if we are feeling little mushy about it. You know, it goes from one to five. Our first book is The Amazing Spider-Man number one, written by Nick Spencer, pencils Ryan Otley, inks Cliff Rathburn, colors Laura Martin, letters Joe Caramagna. I always keep my credits pages on page 32, but... I mean, you gotta start right there at mm-hmm. the end. I mean, That's it's good. It's like the two-thirds mark, because then we have the, the weird, the weird toothy, blue toothy man in a trench mm-hmm. coat i don't i don't know if i'm supposed to know who that is i do not well i think you just named him bluetoothy man in a trench coat mm-hmm. okay. yeah like i know the i know the i know mysterio and i know uh the lizard but i don't know anything i don't know anything about toothy man and bluetoothy man in a in a mm-hmm. trench coat um, that's how you listen to your uh music at the gym bluetoothy man yeah got it yeah. i get it. i see what you did there yeah, I'm really, I'm really clever. So next month, this is hey, new Spider-Man is here. This is next month's writing Spider-Man dance lot. Nowhere to be seen. Um, Brian Otley. Well, not no, not not nowhere to be seen. What do you mean, you're not, an Iron Man? I I understand. Nowhere to be seen in this comic book. He did not <laughs> know what I mean. Don't be obtuse. Um, what's what's obtuse mean? I hate you. <laughs> so. I, I like this comic book. Yeah. I like it. 
I think it looks yeah. nice. I think Nick Spencer writes uh, a fine enough Spider-Man. I think, hey, he has Boomerang in here. So mm-hmm. that's he fucking loves Boomerang. He likes Boomerang a lot. He loves Boomerang. He can't stop putting him in comic books. I I okay. I I don't know if you had this feeling at all. I'm so interested to hear what you're going to say next. Because we in recent episodes we've had multiple instances of of superhero weddings, mm-hmm. fake outs, mm-hmm. where one case Peter, Peter uh, Colossus and Kitty don't get married, and instead we get Rogue and Gambit. Oh, now I am married. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> I throw playing cards. Uh, and then... Someone on Twitter was talking about how it'd be way cooler if he threw roses. <laughs> oh my god. He'll start doing that. Just give him time. I I, uh, I don't know. I'm into it. Whatever. That, you it, can't make it worse. I, true. Then we have... And then we have the Batman wedding, which is... Uh, really <laughs> bothersome because it... 50, I'm still a little rankled about it. It had like 50 issues leading up to it, and like, nah, psych. Never mind. <laughs> Swerve. Yep. And now I it this book, it feels like it's making a statement by having like a me like on Wednesday morning, I woke up, I went on Reddit, and the first thing I saw was someone had cut out this the 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 last the the pages of this with Peter and Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. coming back together like the first thing i saw on wednesday morning after this comic book came out and i feel like that is a purposeful decision like you don't put that in the number one issue of a spider-man comic for for no reason and i i think peter and mary jane were my is is and will always be my favorite superhero couple always forever and then they ripped them apart and then since the intervening 10 years, they have teased and tiptoed around it and had alternate reality comics where they stay together. And every single variation, but never the actual thing. And I feel like I I don't want to believe this because it feels like they are just going to screw with me again. You have to have just perpetual hope there, buddy. I, ten years. Long time. I, uh, you know, and I said this, I think, last week, where, I'm like, after a while, it's, I can't blame them anymore. I have to blame me. <laughs> it's my fault for believing and just going, oh, yep, this time I'm just Charlie Brown continually trying to kick that football. And mm. eventually... Yeah, Charlie keeps trying to kick it because he doesn't want to become a cynic. He wants to live in a world where Lucy's a good person and I, just wants to play. Does playing cost him $4 every single time? <laughs> you don't know. She probably <laughs> does charge him. <laughs> that's, a brutal, that's a brutal reality of that world. I guess so. This is why, this why Charlie's so depressed. That's why all his hair fell out. <laughs> He's like, all right, this time, first for, first the money, then we can play. I, 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 I don't know. I guess I'm a, what do, what do I do? I'm a buy, I guess. I'm a sucker. 
yeah, I want Peter and Mary Jane together. I think Spider-Man is an interesting character with him. I think the whole reason they did it in the first place was because Spider-Man, they wanted him to be single and single characters are more relatable. But you have a Spider-Man that is single. His name is Miles Morales. I really hope here there you said that word. I hope that this is him going. We have two Spider-Man. One can be a married Spider-Man or at least a dating a one person Spider-Man. I'm a, I I think Ryan Otley is a, a great fit for this book. I think Nick Spencer uh, Otley's, yeah, Otley's pretty wonderful. You know, he, he he drew Invincible, which is just what if Spider Man was Superman? And yep. this is the hey, it's Spider Man. So yeah, perfect. Um, I think Spencer still he has a, a good eye. He has a good ear for snappy Spider Man type mm-hmm. dialogue it, as it bore out in Superior Foes. I'm a buy. I just had to air. The the deep the airing the, of grievances the, the deep the deep reticence in my heart that will probably come back around in issue thirty five or something when Mary Jane turns it to be out be a clone or Spider Man pushes her away or God knows whatever reason or she dies uh, I'm a buy at number one I I like this a lot um, do you think this is redemption for uh, for Spencer do you think he needed redeeming do you think we just need to move past because sometimes comics are bad and we need to just fucking get over it? I don't I don't I don't hold a, I don't like hold Secret Empire against him. I don't I yeah. think I think it's a bad comic book, but yes, most people have written most comic book writers work have have after they've worked long enough, have written some bad comic books in their life. He just it just was a perfect storm of bad of so mm-hmm. many things happening at the same time. Yes. Um, I, I think, ultimately, I think he's better at this. You know? Oh, Lord, yes. Yes, so I'm I totally... Don't, I don't want Nick Spencer doing... I mean, this is a high-profile comic book, but it's mm-hmm. the kind that I think he can do. Right, and I think... Like, I, I think he always deserved a shot, but, like, writing a big, like, company direction-changing event... It just didn't work. No. Um, there was a lot of awful problems with it, but I know me personally, I never really saw him as a bad person, but like, God almighty, fucking people revile that man. Like, harassed him off of social media. Like, I don't know. He never, didn't always conduct himself really great. He wasn't smart. In a lot of cases, when he should have shut the fuck up and said nothing, he decided to engage people. Mm-hmm. But I think Spencer really got a raw deal here. He wrote some fucking terrible comics, and I don't know. I, w- I would like to think that any artist or writer should be forgiven the worst stuff that they've done. I don't know. I I like Spencer, and I would like to see him do some work to redeem himself. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that are shit talking this book just because they hate Spencer. For me, this is already firmly in where I, where I want Spider-Man to be. This is, this is where I want the tension being. Yeah, I agree. The, it, it just already is so much more interesting and rings true to me as Spider-Man. I I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful for this. I think the ideas in it are very interesting. So all the other Marvel superheroes in this 
are turned against him and this is a kingpin plot to like discredit him was i reading that correctly i mean because I'm, like even johnny's like fuck you spidey i i think it is a not necessarily a only a kingpin plot i think it is a, i i i obviously i think there's always more there but i think mm -hmm. yeah kingpin's a part of it okay but that's that's how i'm reading that is like there's there's some time skipping in here and whatever the kingpin has done to further discredit him he's discredited spider-man as well as peter parker i think it is the kingpin as manipulator you know moving pe he that's you know that mm -hmm. is the the kind of infamous kingpin archetype is like yeah you know chess master moving things around and i think that's mm -hmm. what's happening yeah i'm really interested to see what the root of that is and i'm interested to see what he's gonna do i i don't know there's a lot of big ideas i i, I like the core of this so much more than i liked the core of tony stark spider-man yeah or even nothing Sp against dan slot it was always a readable comic but never one that felt very good to me and I mean, I think all of this is, is like coming back around to like this is for those people who want who like the Spider-Man that that from you know the, the 80s and 90s. Who this is largely what those books were. You know, it was kind of the the traditional rogues gallery in Spider-Man dealing with his image and self-esteem and his mm -hmm. and dating and whatever. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, which is what I like. Feels so much more natural to me. Double buy on Amazing Spider-Man number one. Next up is X-23, number one, written by Mariko Tamaki, art Juan Cabal, colors Nolan Woodard, letters Corey Pettit. So one less Wolverine in the world, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am a Tamaki fan, Tamaki fan. I enjoy her superhero books way more than I ever think I should. I mean, even The Hulk, which was, you know... Very, very much hashtag not my She-Hulk. I thought it was a great read. And I don't know why it just feels so good to, to like, see the cuckoos in this. It, it makes me feel like the, the X-Men that I want to exist is still around somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it, I think this is what this is. This feels like, I mean, Cabal's art feels so, like, john cassidy it feels so much like astonishing x-men in a lot of ways um and i like it a lot i mean i i think i love john cassidy and i think well, i think having the laura martin colors yeah that helps i believe it was laura martin no nolan woodard on this one martin did the last oh, one derp yeah laura martin did something else this this month it was it was it, was it was it was spiderman yeah um but Ugh. i think this book is uh it feels like those old books, and that's that's a yeah. compliment. I mean, that was a very very strong X Men arc, and it. I mean, it 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 it, it kind of is returning to a lot of those. I don't know the same kind of beats of of kind of of psychic, you know, psychic mutants and and cloning and weird science fiction stuff. Mm -hmm. And then tying that into very kind of base level drama of, you know, of, of, of Laura not knowing, you know, of, of her unsure about her parentage and ha now having her own like little sister to take care of and 
bringing the cuckoos in and beast and like this there's a weird sense of like eth- you know ethics coursing through all of this because of what beast has done what the the cuckoos are willing to do because mm-hmm. of, of what they are like there's a lot and that's that makes for good x-men comics i think i think all those things relate back and that's what i think of when i think of x-men yeah they're all like foundational level x-men ideas and i think this is i think this is even more like this like i really liked the uh laura as wolverine book i think that's a, it was very good but i think mm-hmm. this book is immediately even more palatable to me because it is a much a, a smaller story it is just you know it's not big conspiracy and weapon x yeah. and stuff it is well that's the kind of stuff that tamaki uh does really well she's very good about um you know interpersonal relationships and really getting inside the head of characters and and telling um you know smaller quieter heartbreaking stories she's really great for that i really like that it focuses a lot this issue focuses a lot on like the two sisters and then it it it's a natural fit that the other half of the story is about the cuckoos being sisters and trying to like complete themselves and mm-hmm. i'm really I'm really wanting to know where this is going to go. Yeah, me too. I'm a buy. Do you remember when this um, this new costume was uh, the tempest in a teapot of the day? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 hey, Eric, I'm gonna. This is a thing. I'm gonna let you know. When you're not on mm. Twitter very often, you miss. You, don't, you, you miss, miss the tempest you in miss, the teapot. I, I heard about it through Reddit, but again, I saw one. Oh, yeah. I saw a post on Reddit, but if you're not on Twitter, you miss most right. of the uproar. No, dude, Twitter's Twitter is the best social media, but like has become so incredibly toxic. I think I need to. I need to find people that are. Maybe there's a, a an extension that just cuts out everything but uh uh image posts because that's all i want anymore show me your art you wankers i mean i think you could just curate i don't want to unfollow people necessarily because Mm. i i mean i follow like two to three thousand people on twitter mostly because i like their artwork i'm sure there's i'm sure there's like 10 million browser extensions that twitter tries to program out of because they've they have you know tweet deck itself is uh had many 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 issues with twitter over the years as twitter has changed their api mm-hmm. so x23 is a very good comic book i'm a buy yes yeah double That's, buy yes x23 number one next up die 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 number one yeah. have you been excited to say that not really. Written by Robert Kirkman, co-plot Scott M. Gimple, Art Chris Burnham, Nathan Fairbairn Colors, Russell Russ Wooten Letters. This is a surprise comic book. I'm so surprised. Because there, w- there was no solicitation for this. They just mm-hmm. sent it out to comic book stores um, based on their orders for the last Kirkman uh, book. I guess when you're Robert Kirkman, you can fucking do that. Yeah, there's not a lot of people who can just do this and expect any level of sales <laughs> really yeah. i don't they, they, you have to he's when you're robert kirkman you're one of the very few people who can do he this. can also uh, he can also afford to completely take a bath on it yes and i believe this is a think this is a mini series i think planned yeah. it's not a continuing series um 
Chris Burnham draws disgusting shit. He really does. And I mean, I, I, I don't hate him for that, but I, I hope this doesn't go, um, what was the Grant Morrison comic? The fucking weird one. I don't remember the name of it. Well, the, the Lovecraft one? Yeah. Nameless? Nameless. It was nameless. What a fucked up book. That was very disgusting. This yes. is also very disgusting at points. So far, it's not as bad as Nameless. No, it's definitely not. It. I mean, Nameless didn't actually, I mean, it didn't start out at 100. It started out about, no. you know, like 60 and then it accelerated. Um, this does have a dude getting his nose cut off, which is pretty gross. Um, I, I Got them heavy size, bro. It is another case of where I can't point to anything and think that, like, I don't, I wouldn't say anything in this comic is bad, really. I, it's not for me. I don't, I don't think this one's. I, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. I also, um, I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed looking at, uh, Chris Burnham's disgusting artwork. I think that this is, this is, um, this is Kirkman. This is this is Kirkman at like his tightest, more so than a lot of stuff we've read by him. I mean, I'll, I'll the thing that I've read by him the most is The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. It's what he's written the most, and mm-hmm. it is what is the most boring. It bores the shit out of me. I just I, mm, I, I, I it's just bloat, and this is this feels well written and tidy. It's telling a story it gets me hooked like there's not a lot of bloat and wasted shit in here um i don't particularly need it which is kind of where i'm at with it so in that like i agree with you but it's been a while since i've picked up another kirkman comic i it just feels like justice porn the comic Mm -hmm. and i don't i'm kind of i don't want that Uh, it's espionage shit so like whatever i don't have a problem even with the description you're saying you know Mm -hmm. to me this is just it's like a gory spy comic drawn by an artist that i like and i mean i enjoy that okay but like you know do i need to read six or twelve issues of this no um do I think it's worth passing on? Possibly. I mean, I it, it it's. I think for me, maybe just given that I'm interested, but you know, is it worth spending thirty dollars for you know the first arc of it or something? I don't know. So maybe like I'm a buy with uh, a one. Okay. It's just because I'm not terribly excited about it, but I think that it is good. I I think it neither the art nor writing are bad i think they're both mm-hmm. competent to good i just no excitement no interest don't yeah i don't need to see people's getting their. i don't want to see people get their nose cut off in a spy comic that is mm-hmm. the opposite of what what i want really at this point i'm a do not buy having said all that yeah i'm sorry you love noses so much i'm a i'm a fan of them attached to people fair yeah um, that's the split decision on Die, 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 number one, with a mush meter of one. Next up is Ruin World, number one, created, written, and illustrated by Derek Lothman, lettered by Warren Montgomery. Cartoony dungeon crawler adventure mm-hmm. comic, kind of. Yep. All ages. Mm-hmm. Kaboom. 
debut debut comic. Yep. What do you think? Um, I am into it. I think it's delightful and fun. I mean, in general, I like comics and 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 art about like fantasy and RPG tropes. I'm a I'm a I'm a real mark for that. In general, it really makes me happy. I I really like the cartooning in this. This is a book that I would absolutely buy just for the art. Like, I think that, you know, the story and the jokes and everything is just sort of window dressing on top of it. But I think this is very strong cartooning and it's it's cute and fun. So I I enjoy this. I think it's great. You don't really have to do too much to impress me beyond that no i i agree with you pretty much uh it's fun it's cute art is really Mm -hmm. nice the i love this little bug guy (laughs) i just love him little bug guy he's like he steals their things while they're asleep Mm -hmm. i down on his luck bug man in debt to the the wrong people yep i'm gonna pull his legs off they are it's pretty that's bad Needed legs. I mean, Even if you're a legs, bug man, bug man legs, especially. Legs, you gotta, gotta keep legs and noses attached on your body. So but, that's some that's some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't go running off with them legs and noses. Let him buy. I don't know. It's it's not. This isn't complicated, but I don't think it needs to be. It's just really really good cartooning, really cool character design, and and fun and adventurous. And and again, this is a good book for kids too. It is an, it is an all ages book, and I mean, I think like I like it as an adult man, and I think a child would enjoy this just as much. You like it as an adult man. As an adult man, that's what, that's what I say mm-hmm. whenever I like something. I say as an adult man, I like this. Sounds good. Yeah. Double by Ruin World number one. Uh, last book of the week is Farmhand number one. Created, written, and drawn by Rob Guillory. Colors, Taylor Wells. Lettering and logo by Cody Chamberlain. Uh, calendar design by Bert Durant. So, Rob Guillory of Chew. Chew ended in 2016. This is his new book. I, I see the um, the resemblance now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like Chew. Yes, it does. I I, I think this one is a little bit closer to him uh like uh, as any more per like it, it obviously has a lot of crazy like gore and dumbness like mm-hmm. which is what chu did in spades but i think this is a little bit closer to him a little bit more personal he is a uh a, a black guy living in the south um, mm-hmm. and in mixed race relationship and the, the, he has children and I don't, and his dad grows body parts. His dad does grow body parts. I think that's a thing we don't talk about very much when we talk about Rob yeah. Gallery. I don't know why. It seems like a thing so, we mention once or twice, but you got to keep quiet about that. I went in. It's just not polite. I went in not expecting to like this. Yeah, I liked it more than like I kind of want to. Like I think his art is good, but it really is off-putting to me. <laughs> and that is absolutely what I always thought of Chew. I'm like, this is like good in a really ugly way i i i don't know man i could do without this i like it i think i i i was gonna say i went in expecting to to respect it but not to like it yeah but i like it at the end of the day i like this way more i this this hooks me way more than chew ever did i i i think it is i'm interested but conflicted on this i uh i don't i don't i don't know about it man 
it, it is the extra le- like Chu had like a very like a dumb conceit that was pushed as far as it possibly could be, and I feel like this already has more at step one than Chu ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chu did more as it went on. I know, but this book with the you know the family moving back home, this guy's relationship, strained relationship with his father the the dad like being like all smiles and happiness and then like doing like shady shit in the back i'm all for all of that that's really i totally totally my jam um and like i'm not the hugest fan of his art either i think like i think i share a similar sentiment to you but i think because it has all that stuff going for it that i'm on board for i the the art is something that i kind of it's like a it's like jumping into the ocean it's like cold at first mm. and then you're you kind of get used to it but i'm a buy i i'm i'm on board i like this book already i don't know where i'm at on it i do think there's value but like i just don't want to be in this world i mean that's fair i don't know what it is you know like i don't think he's too far off like if i was going to compare him the first comparison i can think of is maybe Bob Fingerman because I think he draws very well in kind of the way that Bob Fingerman does, but he's also got like a little bit of like maybe Umberto Ramos in him. Mm -hmm. And I, maybe that's what I don't like. This is just a gross world. And I, it's like committing to buying this. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself in this more. But I mean, as a story, I find it interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm interested and hooked. Um, so I don't know. I'm conflicted. Maybe I could go, you know, buy four out of five on it, on that, on the, on the old mush meter. All right, super mushy. Yeah, I think it's fair. Okay. That's about that's about how I feel. So this person that's dead at the end, do you think that's the 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 man that mustache dude that was chaperoning him or something yeah yeah maybe it's his dad no that's yeah i think that's the that is the that is the handler whatever you want to call it yeah right for the for the the agent the kid you think the boy is the one that killed him um i'm not sure what that last page is supposed to be telling me other than that arm is taking him over or something who the fuck knows the shit's weird i think it's supposed to be vague yeah i don't think it isn't i think if they they there was i think a if they wanted us to think that that the kid killed the mustache dude without a doubt we would have shown we'd have seen something a little bit more concrete i think it is vague like a lot of things in the story there's some there's mysteries all kinds of them and that's another one of the things i really like about it so it's a double bar in farmhand number one a mush meter of two that's how averages work. Well, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to uh, during the intervening hours between episodes or days or weeks, whatever it is. Eric, what's going on? I started watching a little show called Glow. Ah, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Dude, it's so good. I haven't finished the new season, but already I'm pretty itchy to start making glow merch i just it's very good it's really very very good stars some former wrestlers i don't doubt that 
you're liking it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's fantastic. There's a um a story. There's a there's an episode where they just basically show like story beats, you know, that's just like skits for like the story of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking wonderful. God, it's really entertaining and like so pitch perfect. I think they've done really such an excellent job with the show. Like it's basically just the right kind of stupidity and corniness that I wanted. And it's great. <clears throat> There's been a lot of really good stuff and I really like I like the whole cast really. It's just I don't know, it's everything that I wanted out of a second season of it so far. I just haven't been able to finish it yet. Only on maybe episode 10 or so. It's probably 13. I didn't even check how many there were. And you were complaining about watching too much wrestling. I just was saying it's getting monotonous and I can't understand Japanese all that well. That's your first mistake is listening. Eh, sound is good in general. I, I mean, I listen, I, I, I listen to the emotion. I don't really try and... I, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I'm about to talk about the G1 Climax, so we shouldn't talk about Japanese wrestling <laughs> twice. You want to skip over me complaining about mods for uh, uh, Stardew Valley? Uh, I mean, you can complain about mods for Stardew Valley. What's wrong with mods for Stardew I'm Valley? Just, I'm, I'm going to be real brief that all the software <laughs> is written by... I don't know what it is. It just isn't very well done. It creates a lot of problems and half the software does not fucking work. That sounds like every attempt at modding any kind of game I've ever played. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was really spoiled because the earlier versions of Nexus Mod Manager, which I remember having some issues with. um, But once I got it working, it was very easy to mod Skyrim. Um, And I was spoiled by that. Because none of this shit works anymore. The original developers of Nexus Mod have made it like a community mm-hmm. software. And this shit's fucked up like crazy. It has become disparate and screwy. And all the software, like about half of it doesn't work. And it's just a load of shit. <laughs> I, it, it just, like I installed it on a Mac that I'm playing it on. And that shit just does not work. It just doesn't. It it's got an installer. It says it it, it God, it's just such horseshit. Such complete horseshit. So I'm just gonna say don't do it. It's not worth it to make all the make everyone in, in Stardew Valley topless. God the mods are just so fucking cringy. I, I would strongly suggest you know, you gotta get some vitamin cringe. Go to no, thank go to, you. Go to the go to Nexus and look at the shit that's on there. No, I don't. No, no, thanks. Pass. <sighs> it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't. There, there are some fucking weird ass people I, in the world. I was looking at the Fallout. Uh, Fallout. I recently was thinking about rebooting, playing Fallout Three again with a bunch of mods, and then I looked at the yeah. mods and tried to get them running for you know an hour, and then I didn't work, and I was like, mm, I guess I'm not doing this. I don't. This is too much. Yeah. Well, they're all it's all busted like hell. I'll wait yeah. for I'll wait for I'll wait for Bethesda to remaster Fallout Three and give it proper mod support with through their <laughs> through their own creators club, which I don't have a problem with because at least it works. I yeah, just... no, I mean the 
The problem with most nerds is they're very much, well, it works on my machine, i.e. this thing that I made to share with people works. doesn't work for them, That's... and it's their fucking problem. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to spend that, that much time troubleshooting. No, when there's no documentation on getting shit to work. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's it's not like fucking the the. It's not like you get to the end of it and you have like a a fucking um. I can't think of what those goddamn uh, boxes are for sharing data over a LAN. What the shit am I thinking of? NOS, Network Attached Storage. Mm -hmm. It's not like you fuck around with Linux for four hours and you end up with exactly the thing that you want that solves a lot of your problems. You end up with a game that someone wants to put tits in. <laughs> it's very important you do that to every video game. It's so true. God, people are so motherfucking gross. <laughs> I mean, so I mean Eric, Eric, gross. Eric, there's nowhere else you can get that on the internet, though. I know, right? Do you really need to do you really need to put like in something so so cute and pure? It has Ugh. to be it has to be corruption. It's the only thing that works anymore. No, it, it doesn't. I'm I'm done. <laughs> okay. Please 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 just tell me about wrestling. Did it did it end? No, wrestling's not ending ever. What are you talking about? It's just I'm starting. No. Well, I know people are talking about it, but I'm like, is it when does when is it over? When's when is the climax? Climax. G1 climax. Uh, it ends in about a month's time. Jesus fuck. I know a lot of my uh, West Coast people because it came to San Francisco, didn't it? It did. The Cow Palace. I really, I wish they would tour in the United States. Like I was really upset that Gareth got to go to the, the you could have gone the CEO thing. I know. I well, it was on a day I was doing something else. I don't know what the fuck it was now. You gotta change. You gotta change. You gotta schedule your life around wrestling. See, Eric, you're just not. You gotta change your outlook on life. See, wrestling. Your life should be in pursuit of watching wrestling and everything else secondary, tertiary, way down the line. Well, yeah. Family, friends, relationships. Wrestling's more important. Obviously, come on. <laughs> they're 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 doing more shows. They announced just recently they they're gonna have the first non WWE wrestling show in Madison Square Garden next year. I know I was talking to um, Tampa artist Jen M about um, about that show because I don't know if she went or if she was just talking about how she wanted to go. Um, but she and I were talking about doing the artist alley there next year, which would be goddamn amazing. So G1 Climax is starting, which is a they had a the a show they 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 title a lot of shows you know G1 Climax special G1 Climax etc. Uh, the G1 mm -hmm. Climax is a wrestling tournament. I checked in with it last year. I'm gonna check in with it again. It started two days ago, um, and only two days ago. It started two days ago. There's Jesus Christ! Two shows. There's gonna be a third, very late tonight or early in the morning tomorrow, how, depending how you want to consider it. Um, and then they'll take a couple days break, and then they'll do another two, three shows in a row. It is the world's most prestigious wrestling tournament. It is. Now it is kind of I think over the past two years it has basically started as a, a, a become a de facto best match of the year generator like it just endlessly great matches over and over and over and over again new matchups matchups you never see 
or you very see, rarely see because you like New Japan, they hoard their singles matches. They keep them precious because <laughs> they don't. That means something in like when if you watch WWE, you'll see the same you see the same guys wrestle six times in a row in the span of two months, and at the end of that, like it doesn't mean anything anymore. They wrestled so many times, and wh- who cares if they won or who's won or who lost? When people wrestle twice a year at most, if they win or they lose, it matters. And that's mm-hmm. the thing I love. One of the things I love about New Japan Pro Wrestling is that when you're watching these guys wrestle in the G1, it is it is somewhat divorced from a normal setting because it is this tournament and you can get away with a little bit more of a win or a loss means a little doesn't mean as much. It means something, but it, it means something different. And that's another thing it has a different context. But it's just last night, Kenny Omega rest, wrestled Naito in another match of the year candidate in a night full like with t- other great also other great matches and there were other great matches the night before uh you're seeing lots of your okada recently after losing his belt to kenny omega now is like a totally different character now and he's a big weirdo coming out to the ring with like his hair is dyed red again back when he was like like he's 30 and he dyed his hair when he was like 24 when he was just coming up and now his hair is dyed again, red, and he's, like, wearing, like, looks like, I don't know, like, Hot Topic clothing from, like, 2002 out to the ring, and he's carrying balloons, and he yells Scooby-Dooby-Doo as he's jumping off the top rope. <laughs> what the fuck? Exactly. He's lost his mind, and he's and he's losing, and that's another, like, it's just, there's, like, all these little interests. There's so many, Bullet Club is having a civil war, the, you know, Los Ingobernables are... There's some dissension in the ranks between Evil Sonata and Naito. Uh, yeah, both Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. in the tournament. But from like all the factions themselves are all under this weird state of flux. Um, you have this the uh, see B block finale in in uh, like three weeks is Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi, who have not wrestled since 2012, who are tag team partners, um, and people have been saying for years now that they think like their match whenever they wrestle again will be one of the most amazing matches of all time but they're also afraid that one of them might die because they just do the most like they will push what like the death spots of like just insane thing like jump doing moons like literally the last time Kota and Kenny wrestled Kodobushi got banned from the venue because they said, don't jump off the balcony. <laughs> don't don't jump off the balcony. And Koda said, okay, I won't jump off the balcony. And guess what he did? Mm. He jumped off the balcony. Of course. He did a moonsault off the balcony. He got banned until this year. They lifted the ban so he could compete this year in that venue. And that is where he's going to be wrestling Kenny. So it, it's just layer after layer after layer of really of great matches of subtle storytelling of long-term storytelling developing because this is going to lay out the second half of the year for new japan whoever wins this tournament gets a title shot at wrestle kingdom in the beginning of next year and it it could be anyone like literally there's like five six people who could believably win and more who like and it's not just winning that matters it's also like how well did they do in their block did they get did they get you know usually new guys guys competing for the first time will win maybe one or two matches and then lose everything else not because they're a bad wrestler 
but because they're facing the best in the world for a, a month straight, you know, grueling schedule. And there's new guys in it. There's new guys. It's just, it's the best time of the year. And now I'm imagining you dancing around your house. It's the most wonderful time. It's like a little birthday present to me every single year. <laughs> it really is. I did not know that you had been that into it. I, I, as far as I knew, you had only gotten into it, I don't know, about a year ago? I mean, hardcore at this point. It. I wasn't yeah. watching it. Re- well, I mean... It wasn't How were you watching it before you got uh, well? The streaming uh, service world didn't exist prior to like a year, two years ago. So yeah, that's prior what I'm to saying. that, you had to go find the matches online. You had to, so, but just someone would post them on Vimeo, or yeah, exactly. You'd, you'd fucking torrent it or something. Yeah, that's what you'd have to do if you wanted to watch it at all. That made it very difficult. Now I could wait. I wake up every day and I'm like, okay, matches, wrestling, good matches, wrestling. I, I get to watch. So exciting. Um, other thing is a, a, is a video game that I beat a while back that I never checked in with. I think we were on a longer stretch, a longer break when I, while I was playing it. I kind of forgot about it, but I really enjoyed it. I think I should at least mention it. Um, it is, the title is the worst part of it. It is called Far Colon Lone Sales, which it could just be called Far. It does not need to, that. I don't know why it has. The, yeah, they have to give things colons and lots of other shit. But it is, uh, it is a kind of a, I, I would call it a, I, I guess it's a puzzle game. It's a, a, a adventure puzzle game, I guess, because it, it is in similar structurally to Limbo or Inside, meaning you're controlling a single character moving left to right on the screen full of really beautiful art in the background. Like everything is really like the video, the game itself looks gorgeous and you're kind of going on this journey and there's not the story itself is not explicit it is more about you're supposed to read into the clues that the environment is giving you about this character and about what you're encountering and i i, I don't like i i feel like this is almost a new genre now that in that limbo kind of invented and that i was gonna say it looks so much like limbo i would say that i like it way more than limbo or inside mm-hmm. because it is actually not incredibly depressing from beginning to end this is a game that is actually it's kind of hopeful mm. and it, it 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 feels like it, it every time you do any anytime you progress in in limbo or inside it feels like it is all, all it is used for is to make you feel worse later on down the line you're like oh wow i just escaped this awful thing so i can get into this new area and in this new area you discover some awful disgusting thing and it makes you feel worse in this game you actually when you solve a puzzle when you progress because you're you're basically you're it it feels like you're in kind of post a post-apocalyptic landscape you don't know what happened all you know is that you used to live on the coast and now the water is gone there is no water there's no ocean and you're you're on this weird kind of ship that you the first thing you do is you attach a sail to it and you sail it across this great flat and you're encountering different gates and obstacles and you got to get past them somehow and there's different there's a lot of different like weird like if you attach things to your ship or you use momentum and get your ship to to ram something or you need to back up and you w- use a winch to open a door you know it, it's never super complicated 
but it is it, it is a very effective storytelling about the the world that you're in and the mission that your character is on and i i don't know people really like to read some grand story into inside in particular limbo had less of one but inside in particular people are like it means this and it means that i'm like all it means is it feels like depressing nonsense where they don't want to tell you the real story they just want to let you make you feel depressed because that's all that it, that's all that inside did to me this game i felt i felt good at the end of it you know i beat it and you get to the end and you feel like oh that's nice art's not supposed to make you feel good robbie i like it that when I feel good, Mm-mm. you should hate yourself. I mean, I do. That's why I like the other thing. <laughs> what? What? Uh, it's it's a it's a it's not a big game. It's like maybe three four hours. You know, I beat it in a sitting one night. I just went sat down and played the whole thing all like like from eight o'clock to midnight or something, or eight o'clock to one in the morning or something. I just played all the way through it. Um, I took my time. I enjoyed it. I think it's a bite-sized game, and I like I like those. You know, it's, it's you know I love thirty, forty-hour games just as much as anyone. But once in a while, like a bite-sized thing that I can just play, beat it, and say that's that was a good experience so far. Lone sales on Steam, and I believe on all the I think it's on all the major might not be on yeah it's on it's yeah it's on everything but Switch. I assume it'll be on Switch eventually. I think I think that's it. Seems like enough. Yeah, I think so. Don't don't mod things. Watch wrestling. Yeah, I think that's. I could put that like underneath. Put that on my desk. Just put it on your tombstone. Well, I'm never gonna die. So. Okay. All right. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nearby Book Club. Nearby Book Club. This part show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth, like you would a book club. Except it's a comic book. This week we are talking about the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volumes One through Five by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Eat nuts, kick butts. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that butts cover. It's probably a hot ticket that one. What the one? This the the just the one the book that just says butts on it. Yes. You don't care. I feel you like don't, that's, you don't want that's the other the, one. You that's just the one. You just want the butts the one. one. To beat. Yes. Of course. Man, I forgot this was in two separate editions. Bunch of dummies. Yeah, that's really confusing. They even make a it's joke about it. Super confusing, and I guess it's just like before and after the shit. I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> before and after the shit. Yeah, I feel like that's as that's as much description as as I can muster for that. Dorian Green been a character a long time. Mm-hmm. Clearly. And they've included that backstory for us because they're such nice people. And now we're now she's a I, I don't know. It feels like we've this it, it, we've seen a lot of it's the thing that when I was reading this, what it reminded me it most of it just it's just it's like this new age of semi self aware, mm-hmm. smart superhero book like with with. with fandom in mind with with uh with like doreen herself is not a super fan but nancy is mm-hmm. and nancy like and we of of who writes she writes fanfic and like that's and we've seen that 
become a focal point of a lot of characters recently, of these people, of these characters who are fans of superheroes. Yeah, Miss Marvel, possibly, most notably, also Gwenpool. Mm -hmm. I, I I mean, I would certainly directly compare them to this book. Yeah, I would too. And, like, this book is aware, like, it is called The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl because of... Because of the joke that she could, she beat Doctor Doom, and then that later becomes a whole the premise of an entire arc of the book, and the title itself it starts out that way. It starts out with like they're in on the joke. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It I would I wouldn't say it doesn't take itself seriously. Well, the the whole thing kind of feels like a book that was made on a dare. I don't know if it was necessarily on a dare, but it did feel like. It, it certainly was one of these one of the books that was introduced with Marvel trying to reach a new audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Ryan North of Dinosaur Comics, you know, long running webcomic, and Erica Henderson, and, and uh, unknown really at the at the when she was yeah when she was when she's like I knew of her, I'd seen her art, but I'd never mm-hmm. she she wasn't really known as a comic book artist, and now she is Eisner nominated. Erica Henderson and Eisner award-winning Erica Henderson. And I, I don't, I, I feel like it does that. It's a question for like, how, how often can you do this? Like we just, you mentioned Miss Marvel and Gwenpool mm-hmm. and, and this book all. Do. How, how often can you do a book that is meta at its core? Yeah, how often can you do the book of hey, this character who's a superhero and or a characters in the book are su- are fans of superheroes and mm-hmm. playing off those tropes and and I'm not because this book is great. I'm not going to I'm not trying to call the, say anything about, uh, bad about this book cuz I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Um but it was a question that came up in my mind was or like, because I, I, you would say that in the same time period, we had Great Lakes Avengers come back, and it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was very much that idea. Even the new Nova book had parts of it where it was kind of skeptical about the place it, the place it existed in, you know. And I think a lot of books touched that on that. Even like, it's not even just exclusive to this book or books like this, but. It feels like it is a thing that is becoming more prevalent in all superhero comics of a thing where are we are in five years are we getting are we getting be getting a backlash against it because I think like it was there in with fractions Hawkeye I feel like we've we've mentioned that many many times about that how that book kind of changed superhero comics and I feel like it was there of that self awareness of what kind of the absurdity of existing in a superhero comic in the in this decade and. I'm just, are we in, in five or ten years, are we going to start getting comic books that are making fun of that? I mean, these things come in waves and reactions to what came before. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to offer a little bit of dissent here. I mean, I, I definitely, I think that is going to happen just because that's the nature of art. A movement happens. People jump on it. People do things to varying degrees of quality and you know, and then someone comes behind and says, well, this is bullshit. Here's this other th- way that people did it, and I want to do it that way. Or here's this completely other thing I want to do, and I'm going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
music, movies, comics, you name it. That's just the nature of, I mean, probably science even, you know, there's just sort of, you know, there's a pendulum swing to these things. The fact that like now, you know, there's quietly more like dumb, like not self-aware, uh, like the writers are self-aware, you know, that they're writing like, like the, the terrifics. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the Marvel book that I compared to it? I can't even think of what it is right now. The century book. Was it the century? I think so. I don't remember comparing that to the terrifics, but that, I don't know. In my mind, that's not the right example of what I'm thinking of, but, but that kind of almost nineties genre of comic, Mm -hmm. you know, that in a small way, maybe that's even coming back in style that people are a little bit tired of the introspection and the meta thinking. And, you know, they just want a good, honest popcorn experience of a comic. Um, so maybe that's already starting to shift, you know, that, that every comic doesn't need to be about comics that, that, you know, it could just be that it's different groups of people, different audiences, each of them looking for, you know, whatever that refuge is. Mm-hmm. And we talked about those incredibly, um, I can't I think it was moonlight is what it was that I had a fair amount of criticism for, but I didn't think it was bad, but, um, it definitely felt, um, very precious and twee and that the whole world was based around everyone being very nice and sweet to each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that kind of fiction, that world is like a refuge for that person where, the dumb, like hyper masculine nineties comic. That's a refuge for some other knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the, there's going to be a, uh, I mean, maybe someone like Jason Aaron can, can hit those different marks, you know, mm-hmm. and, and write a comic that maybe captures that market, but also captures people who are looking for some degree of, um, I don't know, like lit cred, you know, right. Good, good character driven storytelling, uh, character arcs, stuff that like analyzes itself the way that this does. Can I surprise you with something? Um, sure. I didn't really like this that much. What do you just I mean, about? I'm not disgusted with it, but like if I'm going to rank it, I'm, I'm going Miss Marvel, then Gwen, Gwenpool, and then this. Which I think is a no-brainer, but like I think it's a fairly distant third. Among this, I think I, I mean I think I agree with you. If we're those those between those three books, mm-hmm. I think I like Miss Marvel, then I like then I like Wimble, yeah. and then I like this. Um, I think I objectively that is the quality ranking, but I think that this is this just isn't one of my favorite books compared to a lot of other stuff that I've read. I mean I. I I think that it is good, and it's got some good jokes in it. Did you laugh out loud reading it? Yes, I did. I did not. Okay. I mean, I did multiple um, times. Uh, I I don't know what it is. Like, I think that 
comedy's kind of hit or miss with me that way. Well, can I ask you, have you ever read dinosaur comics? Do you like dinosaur comics? I am familiar with them, and I can't really... I haven't, like, you know, just gone over their website and just read a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of them. So, I mean, maybe that is saying something. Maybe his sense of humor doesn't really suit me. I mean, none of it's bad. It's just... It, it's not blowing me away. I mean, I think comedy in comic book, like comedy is in, in of itself is I think the most divisive of everything. Like things that make oh, some, yeah. certain people laugh just don't. And there's not like, I, I think if something, if, if drama fails, like for certain people versus others, you can, you can nail it down. Why certain things are funny and why, like why certain things work in drama versus why they might not work in, in comedy versus for, for one person versus another. I think comedy is much harder to divine. Like, why is this person funny? Why is this funny to me? And why is this not funny to another person? You know? And I I did laugh out loud. Like, I even made a note to my, like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I've laughed out loud multiple times on this. I, I think What I, made you laugh out loud? Oh, no, to actually remember. You don't remember, have to, like, give me, to actually to give remember me all these... them. Yeah. Uh, that's a hard thing. I, I, I remember I laughed a lot about the, I think I, I laughed. Okay, I remember one distinctly. It is the the conversation with Doom. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be something about Doom. Doom definitely. I love. I love this Doom. This version of Doom is Do- great. Doom can be absolutely hilarious. Have you ever seen the uh, the Justin Jordan comic about Doom talking about Breaking Bad? No. <laughs> it's fucking amazing, and you should absolutely write it down and Google it later. I've seen it make the rounds a couple of times. It's him and Darkseid and Thanos carpooling, talking about Breaking Bad, and it's goddamned amazing. Jesus, I don't it know. Is I don't probably know. the best. It is the best thing that Justin Jordan has ever written, and I do not mean that as a dig against the man because I think it is goddamn genius. I need to. I need to hunt that down. You do it. I, I absolutely like. When we finish up, you should Google that. It, it, but it is the scene where she is when they're like they're trying to she's trying to uh like talk doom through it like and then and they come to an agreement which of course doom then betrays her but she says something that is that doom can't conceive of and he doesn't say anything all it does is just it's just a panel in cut on his eye incredulous and i just laughed i laughed so hard <laughs> And it, it's it's just you know it's things like that. It and it's not the only time I laughed at this it, in the, at the book. It's you know it's uh, the mole man as uh, a fedora man. Mm-hmm. I laughed. <laughs> it was a it was a it was a clever uh, it was a clever thing. I think that Erica borrowed the pose. No, I guess it came from that meme picture, didn't it? Yeah. I was going to say it came from um, Whitney Coger, but I don't think that's the case. And I like it. So it's like it's things like that. It's like the 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 those those moments, the moments with her and her mom. Mm-hmm. Little of it's like a, it's a sweet book. It's sweet. It doesn't. It's charming is yeah. how I would describe it. It doesn't it. It doesn't have like when you. If we're comparing against Miss Marvel and Gwenpool, both those books have 
character shape and character arc and you know kamala faces things over has problems and overcomes them with gravitas with drama you know you care i care so much about kamala i care by the the thing about gwenpool is so surprising i care about gwenpool by the end of that thing i oh yeah absolutely i'm invested like and it's not just some sort of like oh i find this book charming and i'm therefore i'm invested in this comic book it is more I'm invested in this character and what she's going through. And I, this book is not that. It is a com- it's comedy first and foremost. It is not Doreen does not face, you know, she faces problems and be, like but it's not the same level of drama. You know, it's not the same thing. It's it is taking a lot of character beats and tropes from superhero comics and throwing this unbeatable character at them who just happens to be called Swirl Girl, you know, and like, it is ridiculous and silly, but it does not have that kind of any, like it doesn't have quote unquote serious character arc in it. You know, Doreen never faces real trouble. Mm-hmm. She's basically Gwenpool in the first part of the book when there's essentially no consequences for. Her. Right. Like, it's not, it's not, it is, it's, it's, it's not even, you know, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison point. Um, I mean, it, it, what to compare this to for the sense of that tone? Yeah. Yeah. But it's almost Saturday morning cartoon like, which is why I think it would just be terrible. I mean, I, I don't particularly want to see her facing consequences. It's, no. it's good that it's silly and she overcomes all obstacles. I don't know. It, it it it's more it's more like Kim Possible than than other Marvel comics. Yes, and I I mean I I, I just think if that's what this is, and I think that it it is a it is a escapist book. It is hey, it's fun and silly, and you mm-hmm. don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious that one of your favorite characters is going to bite it. You know, you don't have to worry. Like, there's always going to be a happy ending. There is no dangerous thing that will kill a character. And then Squirrel is going to avenge that character and, you know, three arcs later or something. It's just not here. It is full of characters named Chipmunk Hunk and Koi Boy and Brain Drain and Squirrel Girl. I mean, I don't, I, I don't blame it for that. I still like it a lot. I still find it very fun. But that's, I mean, and that I mean, there's a place for it. I mean, I think that it is is an incredibly Orion North comic book with really clever wordplay and a lot of a lot of dialogue. And they can't stop making computer science jokes and lots of computer science jokes. It's, it is, you know, I I like dinosaur comics a lot. Uh, I've been reading it for a long time, and. When that that comic that that strip is literally just the the same layout over and over and over again, but with a lot of different dialogue beats filling that space, and that's like when you under like when you process that oh that's what Ryan Nor- like kind of what Ryan North like these we- like able to do is able to do that able to like use dialogue as a as a big like as the comedic punchline to a webcomic for so long you i think you start understanding how he writes um i can't think i know he's written there's that there's that one book with the dinosaurs and one of the characters you remember that we read one issue of it 
with a, like there's starship travel there's space travelers and one of them is a raptor. Do you remember that book? No. Midas Flesh. That's what it was. Minus Flesh. The name definitely sounds familiar. Who he wrote? Who he who he did with the artist team from Adventure Time, Braden Lamb and Shelley Perrin, which has a dinosaur as one of the main characters. Hmm. That's the other book. That's and that book, I as I understand it, is more filled with drama. But like when you think of like, oh yeah, he he wrote Adventure Time comics too, and like that's the same that that's what Adventure Time is, you know. It's like bite-sized, little, silly, fun things that don't really have that much consequence on the characters. Anything broken at the beginning of the issue is usually fixed up by the end, or at least by the end of the arc. I'm curious. I, 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 I don't even. I might own a copy of my flesh. I'm not even sure. Um, is that is that what bothered you? It's just. It's just not. There's not the because it didn't make you laugh. There wasn't. Then there wasn't. No, not because it didn't make me laugh, just because. I mean, I don't know. It it holds together. Um, it's just somewhere between, you know, like somewhere between those two books and a book for someone who is laughing and going lol random. Like I, it it just almost doesn't work for me. I think that. It is a great all-ages book, and a lot of people really love it. And I just, I'm, I, I'm just not one of them. Like, I don't think that it's bad in any sense of the way. It, 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 it just, I don't know. It feels too easy, and it's just too much, and it just doesn't quite get all the way there for me. It's hard to say. There's something that I want it to do that it doesn't quite do. The quality is not quite all the way there. But I mean, whatever. You know, it works for plenty of other people. It's the thing that I, I, I recognize it as a good book and it's fun enough. But um, I'm not like wildly in love with it. Is it just the writing? Maybe. Like, I think Henderson's art is very good. You know, I have I have enjoyed her work for a really long time, but so, I I don't know. It doesn't feel as good as a lot of other artists. She she does. It's a good job on this book, but it's it's just an odd way she chooses to draw people in 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 this series in particular. It's just they all have weird characteristics: strange lips, strange noses. It's just odd choices, you know. Just kind of like all of Frank Chow's people all seem to look the same. All of all of her characters have roughly the same kind of face. It gets samey and weird. Nothing really bad. It just, you know, it doesn't push my meter all the way. I feel like it does most things right, but it just leaves me feeling a little unsatisfied. You know, the laughs aren't big enough. The The, I don't know, things work, but they leave me feeling like okay everything maybe it's because everything is so low stakes i come out of every arc thinking well there's no point in that and maybe there's some progression but it does feel you know very reset the status quo and i don't know it feels this is what it feels like to me it feels mm -hmm. like an old old adventure comic it feels like you know, Scrooge McDuck. It feels 
where it like it, it shares a lot of that stuff with it in that it is very dense. Uh, yeah, especially with all the dialogue, it slows you down. Slows down. It's surprisingly dense. Yeah, it has it has a lot of low stakes. It's full of action, but it's all low stakes. You know, it is. I'm not worried if Scrooge McDuck is going to die in a, in his comic book, or if Huey Dewey Lewis are going to make it. I know they're going to make it. Uh, well, the thing about like an Uncle Scrooge story is, you know, I'll go to Machu Picchu or you know the, the um, Australia or like like gold rush alaska mm -hmm. you know like i'm i'm seeing like interesting things where this is like okay here's another dr doom story here's a bee man that you probably didn't know was in like it, it it's it always it, it resets to zero and the stakes are low but like it tells that story for me there's not a lot of payoff if I was laughing a little bit harder, maybe I could see it. And I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't want you to think that I'm just going to sit here and shit on this book because I think that it's quality. I can think of a lot of people I would recommend it to. I'd put it in, in a lot of hands. Um, I think it's a, a very good and positive book for uh, uh, um, teens and, and young women and girls and, um, you know, it is certainly a good comic, but I just there are things about it that leave me a little unsatisfied. Just sort of good, but not great. You know, I didn't have to think about do I enjoy Gwenpool? I was just like, wow, this is a hundred times better than I thought it was going to be. I didn't th think about, you know, do I enjoy Miss Marvel? It was just pure, unadulterated like greatness and for me after a couple of episodes i'm burned out like i don't care how she's gonna beat the next bad guy i don't particularly want to pick up the next trade of this you know i i'm i'm more or less done i don't need more i'm not i'm not that i'm not that interested in uh, in where it goes from what, here the and i think that comes back around to that the how do you find the in jokes the marvel in joke stuff is that is that feel tiresome the i mean in the, terms of the, all the, the meta commentary like the, the, the deadpool cards the deadpool cards mm -hmm. the 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 craven the i mean i love craven the uh, every mm -hmm. every permutation of craven i'm a fan of um I mean, I think that this book he is... He ate no spiders in this book, though. He didn't eat any spiders. Did it's not very eat true. any. He also didn't try and kill himself in this book. Um, I feel like this book... The thing I like about it the most, and why I... Other than I thought it was funny, um, mm -hmm. but that's that's less easily def definable, but the is the fact that the solution... Empathy. There, it, it Her usually the solution to most of her problems was not punching. Yeah. Although sometimes it did devolve into punching because Dr. Doom is, he's going to stab you in the back. Sorry. Especially Doom from the 60s. Um, but empathy. You, she sits down and talks to Galactus. You know, she sits down and talks mm -hmm. to, like, and, the, and that's very silly because in the Marvel Universe, that doesn't work. 
ultimately. Like, we love comic books that don't always just, A, resolve, let's have a punch fight. And whoever mm-hmm. punches harder wins. Man, Thor punched, punched that thing really hard. Thor won. Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, I think the shape of that that you're describing, it's almost like, you know, how you describe your favorite Superman comics. And mm-hmm. in, in a way, it's kind of the same thing. Yes. Because it's a foregone conclusion she's going to win. Yes. You know, we know from the get-go, you know, it's a light romp. She's the main character. She has plot armor. I mean, it is called the unbeatable squirrel. Right. I mean, the gag is she can't be beaten. So that is, she basically has Superman invincibility from page one. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is definitely a more interesting thing to have her sit down and, like, have stoner talk on the moon with Galactus. With Galactus. Yeah. Sorry, I still gotta eat Earth. Yeah. Goodbye. Yep. Let's go eat a planet full of nuts. Also, it finally happens. We finally get it- a counterpart to the lucky, the dog issue of Hawkeye. We get the me- cat issue. We get the cat issue of Squirrel Girl. Honestly. Hawks, squirrels, cats, dogs. What the hell, man? Lots of animals. Yeah, I know. And it and it has a little scene with Lucky. Isn't that great? They is share, that who that is? That is. That's Lucky? That's Lucky. One-eyed dog. They share oh, pizza. Lucky. Pizza dog. Pizza dog. I didn't even... I must be getting dumb. I didn't notice. See, that's the problem, Eric. You just didn't notice pizza dog. Problem solved. Great comic book. All of a sudden, this is... Let's... Let's put it in the canon. It's got a pizza dog in it. It it is full of that silliness of it, it takes it takes everything that happens in Marvel superheroes and everywhere else that and that's and that that's why it raises that question to me. The question I started this conversation with is because for like this, I I feel like it is at the end tail end of this being novel of mm-hmm. people going man craven the hunter is a, such a silly character will whiplash what is going on with him this is that's yeah. a weird thing why is he here like it is full like it is full of them going oh yeah galactus they just need to give him a better option and he'll he'll won't eat earth it's fine like the breaking down these characters is fun and is very funny but i feel like even if you take talented people and throw them at it i think after a while Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start going. Yeah, I get it, guys. Yeah, I know superheroes are silly. I'm aware. I'm aware. I got it. And you know, Howard the Duck is guest stars in this book. They have a crossover at one point, and that's another one of those books that did that same thing. You know, I there's only it's it's you know we we you mentioned the cycles of and of 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 self awareness of meta commentary of comic books being. Hey, we're super serious. Hey, we're not super serious. Hey, isn't that super serious thing we did 10 years ago really stupid? Hey, isn't this stupid thing that we're talking about super... Like, yeah, comic books are serious because these characters... Like, it's just continually recycling itself over and over and over again. And I think at a certain point, we are going to be saturated with it. If we haven't mm-hmm. hit, if we haven't hit it already, uh, I don't need to read the fifth... Like, and when you say, oh, the really dumb comic book that is kind of aping 90s style, I think we're there, too, of, like, I, I, I'm i sure there's still people who – I'm sure there's people who have bottomless appetites for both of these things. I'm just saying, based on mainstream comic companies toying with putting more of it out there, 
that it's kind of coming back around a little bit. Well, those people that I feel are still like buying people... comic books, probably. Hmm? People, those people are still buying comic books, I imagine. I mean, it's 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 true. I'm just saying that I, I think people aren't really that interested in thinking about their literature right now. You know, they're they're not. I feel like the hunger for capital A art <laughs> in comics is it's kind of going by the wayside a little bit. I think people just want to cool it just a little bit. Let things be entertaining stories. What's capital A art? You know, it's the it's the legacy of uh, Miller and Moore and all of that stuff. I mean, and people trying to do capital I important work. You wouldn't call that Mr. Miracle that or Vision? Tom King? Tom King is. I mean, those were. I'm not saying, and those are a couple years old at this point. You know, I'm not saying it's going away altogether. I'm just saying there are a lot of people that are trying and failing at it. And I think there's only so much hunger for it. I think it's not in superhero comics. Yeah. I mean, aside from, well, (laughs) I could bring up. (laughs) Watchmen, Watchmen 2. Uh, now yes. there's that's, now there's that's Batman. The, that, yeah, well, yes, with a hundred percent more DC characters. Um, and that's kind of the I, thing that I'm I, thinking I, of. I kind of forgot. Tr- I'd forgotten yeah. that that comic book was coming out, and it still is. It's best to forget about it. But I mean, people are trying to write those big, important capital A art books, and. I mean, certainly, and maybe it's only superhero books. I don't. I just think that people just don't want it. If it's, I don't know. It's just, it's starting to feel a little different. I Not think, that. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say. I think it's just migrated. I think it's outside of superhero circles. I think it is. Oh, I and and that's fine. I mean, I think that. Hey, I'm not, right. Maybe, I, I think. It might not call itself cap, but what it like saga, wicked and divine. Kieran Galen comics, regardless of how much he wants to be very open about everything he writes, I still feel is carrying on everything Kieran Galen writes, regardless if it's Darth Vader or Wicked and Divine or anything in between. I feel is still carrying on the legacy of Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, uh, Neil Gaiman, etc. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like. I, I think most of those people who are writing that stuff have, I think because the environment has changed, because there's a lot more of independent comics that are really good and tell really interesting stories that are certainly just as good as any of Alan Moore's or or Grant Morrison's comic books. They just don't have that haughty, that kind of, this is superior, this is better. Mm-hmm. They I think they just have, this is different. You know, this is, I will write a superhero comic. I will do my take on this book. And then I'll also write my weirdo uh, book about gods who come back to life and weirdo different. And and they're also pop stars. I think the terms have changed. I just just think that Karen Gillan in particular, when you think about Wicked and Divine, I don't know that he's even presenting it as this is capital A art. As much as this is a thing that is very important to him, he's very passionate about it and the ideas. And 
he's speaking pretty directly to an audience. I would say that Wicked and the Divine is more like Moonlight in that way. I mean, I don't. Wicked and Divine's way less precious about people. They, he's oh, I get that. He's willing to damage That's, characters. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying yes. I'm the the comparison is not that it is a precious little world where no one's feelings ever get hurt. The idea is that it is directly for a market. Like he's just very good at he's built a fan base and he's very good at giving them what he wants. He's not sitting back and saying this is this perfect piece of art, you know, in in the same way that, you know, like in that stuffy sort of layers of pretension way, you know, like when Moore would write something that's completely out of left field, like fucking V for Vendetta. I mean, I think that's the, it's just a, it is a product of where comics have come since mm-hmm. the, since the 80s, where I think- This I'll, is a pet theory of mine, so did, forgive me for sort of taking a walk with it here. Well, when did, I mean, it was, what book did we talk, no, we were talking about um, Killing Joke. That's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Killing Joke, and I quoted Alan Moore at that time. Like, he had said something at the time as he was writing Before Dead Vendetta and uh, Killing Joke and Watchmen, and all those books were coming out. And then I think I compared it to something he said much more recently. And it's very, like, he's at the time, he was like, yeah, we it was all very stark and new. Mm-hmm. And now it's really not. And when you say, yeah. oh, this is this, and, like, I feel like that distinction of this is a regular comic book versus this is real art was necessary because it it he wanted to reach a market that just wasn't there yet you know people right. didn't go to comic books for real art they went to comic books for dumb punching and mm-hmm. now i mean i don't think we're quite there honestly but i think we're we're much we're in a much better place where a lot more people recognize comic books as just another art form and you don't need to be like, mm, look at the look at the levels of depth in my comic book. I used my capital E English degree to write these comic books. It's a lot of there's a there's a lot of majuscules being thrown around in this uh, this episode. Um, what was oh Squirrel Girl? I mean, I don't. It is just I I would say it is a I, I, first of all. Fans of Ryan North, that's right, full steam ahead, obviously. Um, also, are you a fan of the Marvel Universe? Do you like Ryan North, Marvel Universe, and a bunch of nerdy stuff? Like, that's what this book is. It is not, I would say it is, it takes its ideas and executes them very well. I don't think it's, I, I think it is great for what it is. I I laughed at it. I enjoyed my time with it. It is also incredibly dense and probably should not be read all at once. It should be spaced out. You read a book and then you t- you take a break, which is how I felt when I read, you know, Mc- Scrooge McDuck as well. Uncle Scrooge, mm-hmm. I read, you know, I cannot read them all at once or I will just go, oh, I'm gonna, my brain is melting. There's just too much happening. You need to breathe a little bit. Let it, let it, let you take your time with it. Don't read all of it. All, all the, I had to. I read the first trade and I had to go, t- I had to t- tap out and I had to go, oh, I'll come back to this, you know, and then I let it sit for f- like f- hours and then read two and then let it sit, kept going. Um, 
and I feel like that's just that's the thing of which adventure comics in general this is like the density like I think that's mm-hmm. why uh decompression in comic books has here if you want we're talking about pet theories Eric I feel like decompression in comic books has been so successful is because people want to read they want to um binge you know mm-hmm. that just like they binge Netflix they binge television they want to binge their comic books. They want to read three trades at once. They want to read six trades at once and get read it all, get caught up. And decompression comic books makes that very easy because you're not having, you know, you're 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 kind of g- moving through this comic book very quickly. The story's being just mm-hmm. coming at you. Adventure comics are not that. They are, you know, they are the most compressed comics and they are not good for binging and that's why we've seen less of them and why I think it's not just a a thing with readers i think it is a thing with creators who generally also don't make very they don't make compressed comics anymore it's very we we usually don't see them we it is a thing we act we often will remark upon when we see a comic book that is like hey this actually has a lot of stuff in one issue versus black panther number two that had 14 pages of uh star wars in it mm-hmm. x-wing and tie fighter i like squirrel girl i like brain drain brain drain's my my buddy he's my favorite Maybe Loki's cat Thor is also there. It was a pretty funny little thing. Anything you want to add? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm pretty good. Okay. Had that was, some good cross talk there. That was the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, volumes one through five, by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Next episode, which is back in two weeks' time, we're back on our normal, our new normal schedule. Is uh we 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 are I think we're a little bit inspired by Amazing Spider-Man number one and and Peter and and MJ back together at least now uh, we're gonna go back and read one more day and talk about Spider-Man and his deal with the devil and yell for a bit because I think I'm gonna do that <laughs> so I remember at the time being incredibly angry <laughs> mm, we'll see what. Uh... How time has changed you and this content. Mm-hmm. So that's that's in two weeks' time. We're reading one more day, four issues of Spider-Man, over three different books. I believe it it was it was all it was amazing, spectacular, and friendly neighborhood. The Spider-Man, I think, were the three books. Uh, but we'll we'll be doing that next time. Uh, read along with us. I think that'll do a, do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to everything there. Facebook, Twitter, RSS feed. Uh, Facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at HBC Hour. Email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Um, if you like the show, please give it five-star reviews. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us, whatever podcatcher or app you app service you use to listen to your podcasts. Uh, tell your friends. It gets us new listeners. We appreciate it. We like it. Uh, we thank you for doing so. Uh, you can find me online. I'm on Twitter twice a day in the morning and night. <laughs> catch Rob- me quick. Catch me at Robbie Dorman. If you at me, I will. I'll, I will see it. You know that's why I, I jump on. I I I I hunt down. So I don't sit there all day because it was driving me out of my mind. Uh, As it is doing to me. <laughs> so I'm there on Twitter. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can uh, you can get my you can get at my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. 
And you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Twitter and my Instagram, where I am known on both as username EasyGoodnight. With that, we all call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank you.